heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. And I got to tell you, this is an exciting show. I know that there are times that I say it's an exciting show and you go, yeah, Sam, you say that every time. But this one really is. And for a lot of different reasons, we have one of the founding members of The Masculine Journey radio show and, and a great friend of ours and, and probably guy. It's the smartest guy in the room, Todd. Not to put pressure on you, Todd, but you got anything smart to say right now? Wow. <laughs> um, thank you for that great introduction. It's like putting on an old shoe. So yes, I'm comparing you guys to smelly footwear. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. No, Todd's with us today, and 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 really, I'm excited about the the topic. Not necessarily for what the topic is, but for the change that it can help in our lives. That there, there's a lot of things that we'll talk about today that I think everybody can relate to, in one form or another. And so in the room today, we have Vinny and Al and Robbie and Todd and myself. And so you'll hear different one of us at different times. But I want to go to a clip pretty quickly. And just think about the word transition. When you have to transition from one thing to another as you listen to this clip. There were no suicides on Wall Street that day. It was a myth that would grow over time. The real effect of October 29th took a little longer to sink in. By noon, all the gains of the previous year had been obliterated. By 4 p.m., nearly $10 billion of market value was gone. Over the next two weeks, the hemorrhage continued. And before long, 25% of the workforce was unemployed. A great national migration began. Displaced families took to the American highway in the last possession that remained to them, their automobile. And all at once, millions of Americans had a new definition of home. Now, as you listen to that, obviously you think about, well, it depresses me. That's really an exciting show right there. Yeah, it was. But no, you really do think about transition. It's very obvious if you know anything about the Great Depression that there were a lot of transitions, but we all face them from time to time. Todd, isn't that something that in what you've done for a living that people deal with the most is transition? Yeah, a lot of folks come to counseling for that. And uh, one thing that I'm going through right now is a, a work transition. I was unexpectedly uh, laid off from my job that I was on, that I was at for 12 years. And uh, it was a disruption that I just totally did not expect. And uh, God is helping me walk through that. And I hope to share some things that I know he's teaching me through the process. And I want to come back to that because there's a lot I want to hear from you on this because I really think that the listeners are going to gain a whole bunch of insight to just some of the places that the gods had you. But I wonder, did that transition sound a little bit like this? Well, 
Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do what you all think I'm gonna do, which is just flip out! Well, let me just, let me just say, as I ease out of the office, I helped build. I'm sorry, but it's a fact that there is such a thing as manners. A way of treating people. These fish have manners. These fish have manners. In fact, they're coming with me. I'm starting a new company, and the fish will come with me. You can... Call me sentimental. The fish, they're coming with me. Come on, come on. New company. Okay. If anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring in this God-forsaken business, and we will do it together. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me besides Flipper here? <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> Wendy, shall we? Oh, Jer, I'm, no, I'm three months away from the pay increase. I, I... Okay. Okay. That's how the reason <clears throat> I want to play that one to lighten the mood, but there's probably a lot in that clip that going through that type of transition that, that really touches on, isn't there? You know, what Jerry Maguire does in that clip is he really shows all the different emotions that you have during a disruption like this. And yeah, you do want to flip out. And yes, you have given your heart and soul to the place where you used to work. And it, feels like a disloyal thing that the company is doing. Um, I, my cousin, who I love dearly, she one of the first things she told me, she said, Todd, it's really not a bad thing. It just feels bad. Mm -hmm. This is really going to be a good thing. It's hard to believe that, though, in the moment. And you do want to flip out and take the fish with you, and then you want to turn around and throw the fish at the person who <laughs> let you go. But... Um, you know, God comes in, and, and that's where we have to really get our wits about us and say, okay, um, there's got to be a purpose for the disruption and, and get focused on that. Yeah, the transition part is hard, and, and at some level, that's got to feel like a betrayal, mm -hmm. right? That, you know, some place where I've poured a lot of my time and a lot of my effort into, and, and, you know, just as it could be for a marriage, it could be for a relationship, it could be for lots of things. And so even though we're talking primarily today, about some transitions regarding employment, they do apply to all of us in different transitions because there are lots of disruptions that happen in life. Yeah, and, and we as men, and women do this too, but men especially, you know, all the things that, that we transition from, they, we allow them to become our identity. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when the disruption happens, it's like, well, who am I now? And it really, <clears throat> you know, makes those most important things rise to the surface. Uh, and those least important things kind of settle and you kind of say, okay, why did I put so much of my identity into this? Why I need to check under the hood. Why am I feeling so strongly about this other than, you know, I need to provide for my family. And, but what, what's with this, what's with this anger? Um, and what's with the whole piece about 
who I am now. Yeah. Now, Robbie, one of the things I want to ask you about was something that you, you love to talk about is these disruptions that come, right? So these are obviously from the enemy, right? <laughs> it, it looks that way for Jerry. Yeah. It, it, you know, and, it, and it's, it's kind of interesting to try to identify the enemy because it kind of looks like all those employees that you really thought, who's with me? <laughs> and you find out almost immediately that you weren't making the impact on all these people around you that you thought you were making. And so the enemy starts to look like the guy that lets you go or the company that lets you go or the other people that you thought for sure were going to support you or in, in some way come to your aid and, and those kind of things. And then there is the enemy that obviously had his role in it, but then where do you find God in it? And there's the interesting challenge. So I think, Robbie, that's a great point. That Have you ever noticed when a guy loses his job, he can tell you the story about why he lost his job, what rotten scoundrels let him go. You know, he's got this mm-hmm. whole story around it about what happened and why it happened and how they screwed me over and blah, 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 blah. And what God wants us to do is he really doesn't want that to be the narrative or the story because that's really not who we are in him. He wants the story to become what I'm doing in you now through this disruption. That's what the, that's the story he's trying to build in you so that you will tell that. Yeah, the enemy definitely wants you to live in that smaller story, but there's also a goal of his to, to make you mad at God in the midst of this, isn't there? Oh, you know... Um, the uncertainty of being unemployed or going through any transition is sometimes more than you can bear. It really is the uncertainty of it and not know. I mean, I've got two kids at home. I have a beautiful wife. Um, I had a, uh, the greatest job I ever had making the most compensation, you know, the best compensation package I'd ever made. And when all of that was yanked out from under me, you know, I wanted to say, well, wait a minute, God, I had 150 employees under me. I had a $26 million budget. I had a lot of influence, and I was doing a lot of good for you mm-hmm. in all this. What's up with that? You know, yeah. I, thought, I thought that's what you wanted me to do. And so, yeah, there's sometimes there's some anger, and the enemy wants to come at you and say, <clears throat> you know, God said he wanted you there, but evidently he wasn't telling you the truth. Yeah, and God, I thought you had my back here. You know, yeah. what, what happened? You know, Vinny, I know you've been going through a transition in your life that we've talked a little bit about, but there's... There's some of that wrestling with, you know, what's the enemy here? Is the enemy God? Is it what? Talk a little bit about the the transition you've had. No, I don't think the enemy is God by no, no means. Uh, I'm thinking of a real funny story that happened to me with my first wife, Rita. Now we needed for nothing, just like Todd. He was lucky, and I was lucky. Two cars and you know, big house and all that. Rita to occupy herself because we had children and one was in the service at the time. She took a job in the bakery, you know, just to keep busy. Mm-hmm. And I come home one day and she is throwing things around the house. What? What's going on? She said, I just got fired. I says, okay, so what? She says, well, I needed that $24. I says, for what? We don't need the $24. And I told her, I says, you're not going to get anywhere with anger. I says, calm down and let's talk about this. And we did. My point is that when you get fired, the first reaction, I believe, to anybody 
is anger. Mm-hmm. And from anger becomes despair. That's the biggest part of being unemployed is despair. I can't find, you know, Todd is talking about that he had a great job, and he did. And it was a fulfilling job. But when you get into this despair type of life, you've got a bigger problem coming on you than you think. You do, you do. And as we come back, we're going to talk more about that transition and what God does through that. He doesn't leave you in despair. That may be a step we go through, but he takes you into a deeper part of life. And Todd's going to share a lot about what's been happening for him. If you want more about uh, our ministry, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Papi, walking around our block is like walking around the world. How do you mean? My friend Kayla's from India, Lily's from China, and Basis from Ethiopia. <laughs> We're lucky we live in a diverse community where people from different backgrounds live in the same neighborhood. I like it. To learn more about how the Fair Housing Act promotes diversity, visit HUD.gov slash Fair Housing. The Fair Housing Act prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, and familial status. A message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn earrings today. Buckle up, Sarah. Michaela's got, like, the best earrings. Sarah, buckle up. I wish my name was Michaela. We're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I wonder if there's pizza at school today. It can be tough getting through to kids, but it's your job to make sure they're wearing your seatbelts. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Yes, we're talking about the topic of unemployment, but it is a little bit more than that. We're talking about those transitions, and unemployment's one of them that we deal with, and I know we've all dealt with it in the room at one point or another, and and there's this despair that Vinny was talking about that can come on, and, and Todd, where do you go from that place? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Vinny talked about the anger that comes and then the despair that comes after that, and I think mixed in with all that is anxiety and pressure and that's really a fear-based reaction and so what we try to do is we panic out of fear and we try to recreate what we just came from Mm -hmm. and the disruption though is about not being where you just came from but we think we have to in order to provide for our family and do all those wonderful things we need to do as men so I think what God is teaching me so far, and I tell you, I'm, I'm halfway through this, you know, well, halfway, I don't know if it's halfway or not. I'm, I'm part of the way into this. I haven't, you know, found another job yet. But what he's teaching me so far is this, is that I want you to not act out of fear or panic anymore. And I'm going to teach you how to trust me in a new way. You know, it's not like I never trusted God before, but it's like he's saying, I want you to trust me in a new way. And I want you to go through this disruption with peace, with actual peace. You know, because if there's fear and panic, that doesn't come from God's throne. Um, He wants his love and his peace to come through this process. So, you know, we kind of want to react and put plans together and meet people and do things. and, And I'm not saying all those things we shouldn't do, but he's saying, okay, why don't you just walk with me 
each day and see what the next step is today. You know, because there's so many prayers that I think men pray like, God, what's your will? God, what is it you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? And that's kind of like a futuristic prayer, like we're asking God to predict the future and tell us. And all he's saying is, and this is what he says in his word, I'm going to reveal to you today what you need to do today. You know why? Because I want you to do it with me. Because if I tell you what's going to happen a week or two or a month from now, you're going to take off and go do it. He didn't say, give us this day our weekly bread. (laughs) Exactly. And you know what that does? It builds trust with him. And it makes that fear and that panic at least, um, you know, it, it, you, can, you can go somewhere with it. Well, I, I don't know. I think I've made my best decisions in the life out of fear and panic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really have it. Absolutely. But yeah, you're right. That's what the enemy, enemy wants you to go to. And when you can walk through that peace, you, you grow in that trust of God. But another thing that you get is the enjoyment of a day. Yeah. You know, because when you're so focused on the future, next thing you know, a month's gone. You know, or a year's gone, or in, yeah. you know, Robbie's case, 50 years is gone, you know, just a long 60, time. Yeah, however it goes. <laughs> you know, the fascinating thing for me is I was listening to Todd, and I used this clip last week. I had to redeem myself after the Barbie clip. So this week I have a clip from Fury. <laughs> a real man. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the fascinating thing is a war movie, and, and, there's this huge transition that comes on this boy. He's supposed to be a typist, a clerk, and the next thing you know, he gets thrown into this tank. And he knows how to type 160 words a minute, but he has no idea how to shoot 160 rounds a minute, which is his new job. And, you know, they're really giving it to him. And he's really... But the fascinating thing is I was listening to Todd that talk about a kid that had no peace because as he's asking, being asked to kill Germans and all the stuff that goes on in that movie... He's really struggling because he has absolutely no peace. But as he embraces what it is that his new role is and embraces what God has for him, in the midst of the phenomenal ending of the movie, which I will not spoil it for you, he, there is the only place where you see him have peace. And his job, he's only making $1.35 a day. If you think it can't get worse, it can, and it will. Sergeant Collier, I'm your new assistant driver. Thanks, school. That's home. I've never even seen the inside of a tank. You will. Well, you know we do get $1.35 a day, right? <laughs> Best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. They're coming. How many? 300 of them. There's five against 300. We never run before, why are we gonna run now? We're still in this fight! Still in this fight! Now! Yeah, that that literally, they find themselves at a crossroad near the end of the movie, and it is literally five against 300. But as you watch the whole movie, these people are becoming a band of brothers. And the and when do you finally find peace between these men is when they're totally engaged in this and they, and they now have peace in the midst of this battle that's absolutely phenomenal because they've stepped into the role that God had for them. Todd, I want to ask you a, a question. Through some of this disruption and this transition, didn't there become an opportunity to revisit passion? 
what you're passionate about. Not that you weren't passionate about what you did. I know you were. I know you very well. But to redefine that, maybe. Yeah, uh, you know, sitting on your couch in the middle of the afternoon when you should be out there working gives you a different perspective. And one of the things that kind of rises to the top is, you know, what I've been doing for 12 years, is that really what I want to be doing? It's what I know to do. But what if God is disrupting all this because he's wanting to get me to a place where I can do even more of what my passion is? So, yeah, it kind of it kind of causes you to rethink, you know, what you want to do and where you want to go. Um, so absolutely, Sam, I mean, um, again, when I listen for God's voice each day, um, there was someone that came to me and said, you know, Todd, don't forget that through all this process, I know you're under pressure and I know you're trying to figure it out and all that. God really wants to do what he always wants from anyone, any day. He just wants to see your heart. Mm -hmm. He wants you to open up your heart, tell him exactly how you feel. And so I did that, and, and the next day I had another person call me that said, Todd, don't forget, God wants to know what you want in your heart. So start praying about what you would like. And I think God is a father that way. I think we see that all through Scripture, that just like a father turns to his son uh, or his daughter, he doesn't just tell them how they're going to live every single instant of their life. He kind of looks at them sometimes and says, what do you want to do? You know, he enjoys the smile that comes on their face and he wants to hear their passion. I think God's the same way. He kind of looks down and says, yeah, I, I know what's best for you, but what do you want to do? Let's do it together. Let's build something together. And you know what? When you're doing that each day, you know, when, you're, when you understand that a, a, a blade of grass grows a day's growth in a day's time, then over a period of time as you're doing that, you begin to build trust in what you and him are going to do together and that's when the to me the anxiety and the fear starts going away now i want to ask you a quick question i know that there's been some transition time for you when you had to rely on that trust now you were at a job for a lot of years right and you had to take a step out and what did you find when you trusted well actually there's a story before that because uh before that job i never held a job for more than a year never and there was i would get to a point where i had anxieties that attacked me all the time. So by the time a year started coming around, I get all this anxiety, things were going on and I couldn't keep a job. And I got to the point where I just said, this next job, if it doesn't work out, I'm just going to, I'll be homeless. And I was there for 20 years and it was a great transition because I was 30 years old. I was making, uh, yeah, I was 30 years old, making seven bucks an hour. I had to have part-time jobs to help me make ends meet. But then as I grew in that job, it, it turned into an IT job, then it turned into a network tech job. I had a career. I had no college, no training, and I was miserable. I, there were so many people, there were people that I liked and I enjoyed working with, but the, I was, for the majority of that time, I was miserable. I hated that job. And I prayed and prayed and prayed to get, for God to give me something new. And it got to the point where I just, relented i surrendered and he would ask me what defines you i had no answer for the longest time i had no answer and then it came to a point where my faith in him when i started reading my my bible every day and i started praying on a constant basis i realized it wasn't my job that defined me it wasn't my wife it wasn't my children it was my relationship with him 
that's what defined me. And when I let go of that, that's when it, that's when I, someone approached me for a job and it's turned out to be a, um, the most joyful, fulfilling job I've ever had. So I kind of feel guilty when I'm, you know, we go, when I see other people going through this because I know what it was like earlier, but you never want to rest on that. Yeah, Todd, part of this whole transition is that whole identity thing. It's rediscovering your identity in any transition, mm. you know, and so how important is it that you anchor yourself in the correct identity as you walk through these difficult times? Yeah, we get so emotionally attached to whatever's around us that it, that it naturally becomes our identity if we're, if we're not careful. And so these disruptions call that into question because it's not there anymore. You know, this, that old job is not there anymore. The old position I had, the, the 150 employees I had under me, the position I had, the $26 million budget I was able to oversee, you know, the, the autonomy that I had on my job. I mean, that's not there anymore. So who am I? And God has really called that into question to say, well, you know, what is your identity? Isn't it in me? You know, isn't it in something more solid than a job? And, um, you know, that's, that's been a great reminder um, and I think what, what he's showing me again is, um, don't put your identity in things that can change. Right. In that identity, go ahead, Vinny, you want to say something? I just wanted to take off on what Todd said a little while back, sitting in the couch and, uh, feeling useless. Well, I don't know. Most of you people out there know that I'm losing my sight. I'm virtually blind, and that's what I do. I sit on the couch, and for the first couple of months here, seeing black, boy, you know, feeling sorry for yourself. And little by little, Todd, you're 100% right the way you explained it. I realized that every step that I was taking out of the darkness, I was stepping into the light. And the light was God teaching me how to deal with this major, major problem that he gave me. And I'm dealing with it now. Yeah. Thank God I got Big A over here. You know, he's my wheel man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no matter where you are, your identity is not in the role you play. And I think that's the thing that we do sometimes. We say, well, I'm a dad. Yes, you are. I'm an employee. Yes, I am. I'm this. I'm that. I'm a husband. But more importantly, find your identity in God. And if you're not sure... Go back to him whether you're in the middle of a transition or not. See you next week.